This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Those musical notes you're hearing from Small Town Strip Club. They sent me an email to our email address. Yeah, that's YA. Let's talk at gmail.com. They said, Dan, we'd love to provide you with some music. I said, we'll take it. Is it free? They said, yes. I said, we'll definitely take it. So thanks to Small Town Strip Club. Give them a listen. Hi, I'm Dan O'Toole. Welcome to episode number five of Boomsies. Glad you're with us. How we doing? Everyone good? We having a good week? Yeah. yeah. I'll get to my week in a second. I like to start off each podcast by giving corrections. You don't have to follow along podcast by podcast. It's not like a mini series. They're all standalone. But I do like to correct things as I try to better myself as we move along with this new project. I said latte way too much last week. I was talking about the Tim Hortons lattes. I will say latte less this week, although Tim Hortons, I do have a new ad slogan for your lattes. Tim Hortons lattes. Have you tried our steep tea? Feel free to use that. Your steep tea is delicious. Two milk, two sugar, large. Thank you. I said, um, approximately 567 times. I will say, um, less this week. I will let the dead air be dead air. I'm comfortable with dead air. In conversations, I have a lot of friends who do not like any lulls in the conversation. And they just talk nonstop. I don't mind them. I can sit there in silence. I screwed up our interview with Wacy Rabbit. Wacy Rabbit, who was a huge hit. People fell in love with him. I said, yeah, I'm not going to have a dickhead on here. I forgot about, or actually I didn't forget about, I just didn't know about seven teams Wacy played for, so I messed up there. Also, I tried to play a sound effect last week. It works this week. Spent a lot of time trying to play that. Don't know if the effect was there. And I forgot to tell you to subscribe, like, and comment on the podcast. I didn't know that was uh, that was important until I got the breakdown, the stats breakdowns of this podcast. And 90% of the listeners are unsubscribed. Also a shocking stat. 
the age and gender of our listeners is 100% male? We don't have one, one, but my mom listened. So let's get that stat up. 100% male. That's the new name of the podcast. 100% male. Uh, we also had the most listened to, uh, most downloaded per Canadian city. Coming in at number one, Toronto. Then it goes Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Vancouver, Saskatoon, Montreal, Regina, London. All cities I've been to, all cities I love. Thank you. My hometown, number 16 on the list, Peterborough. What are you doing, Peterborough? Come on. And we had the, uh, the chart of where people listen. Canada leads the way, followed by the U.S. Then the United Kingdom. Hello. Iran. We've got people listening there. Salam alaikum. Australia. Good eye, mate. Mexico. Hola. Germany. Hello. Ireland. Hello. Oh, no. I'm Irish and I don't even... Ah, the Blarney Stone. I can't even do an Irish accent. Japan, konnichiwa. And the Netherlands, hello. No, hello. So thank you for listening from around the world to Boomsies. Our guest two weeks ago with John Morris and Rachel Holman, Canadian curlers who are at the Olympics, they are now out of the Olympics. Heartbreaking. They lost by like a millimeter. They needed to beat Italy, lost by a millimeter. But Johnny, he knew it right away. He's like, yeah, this, we aren't going to win this. I'm like, well, wait for the measurement. Come on. Measurement didn't end up so well. But before that match, during the day, I believe it was on Sunday night, I was having breakfast at my mom's. My mom said, I'll be cheering on Johnny O. I said, uh, who's that? She said, you know, the curler, Johnny O. I said, his name's John Morris. They call him Johnny Moe. She said, uh, I've always called him Johnny O. I said, that's wrong. So she said, oh. So I corrected my mom on the pronunciation of Johnny Moe, not Johnny O. But guess what? He's such a great dude. He probably like, yeah, call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. A lot of you have commented that you've seen a lot of our commercials airing during the Olympics. And I sent out a tweet. I said, I thought we were buying one, not 1,000. I didn't know there'd be so many, but we shot a bunch of them. And they've got an impact. We've got, uh, in my little town here, we've got two convenience stores. We've got a convenience store. I almost gave you the finger. We've got the convenience store and we've got the general store. Told you about Ian at the general store. He's all in on the Boomsies train. He was watching it the other night when I went in to get some milk. But the guy at the end of the street, he's a wild card. Doesn't talk to anyone. You would describe him as grumpy. So I went in the other night. It was, uh, it was really wet rain. It was going to freeze over, so I needed a bag of salt. Went in. He looked at me. He goes, you! 
And I'm like, oh, God, what did I do now? He goes, you. I'm like, yeah, well, what? He goes, TV. I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, I saw you. So we've got him. He's on the Bumsy's train. Sent my buddy a text because whenever he goes to that store, he goes, I don't like that guy. He, I try to be nice, and he's just like, Ugh. how's your day? So I sent my buddy Luke a text. I said, hey, he watches Boomsies. His response was, I still don't like him. Win him over with love. That's what I say. Uh, and I've got underwear sitting here. I wanted to bring these guys up. Yes, here's underwear. The reason I have these, man-made out of Montreal. They sent me a message. They're like, Dan, love the podcast. Actually, I should preface that by saying earlier this summer, they sent me a note and said, Dan, we want to send you some underwear. I'm like, uh, is it used? They're like, nope. I said, well, what's your affiliation? They're like, we make it. I'm like, okay. Four dudes from Montreal. They send it to me. I'm like, yeah, sure. Send it. I, I, I'm, yeah, it's great underwear, I'm sure. I, uh, I got it. I have not taken it off. Well, I've taken it off to wash it. I wear no other one underwear now. I've got them all. I got me undies. I got sacks. I got uh, everything. These are the best underwear I've ever ever owned. Um, producer Tim. Oh, I just gave it um. Producer Tim and Z Money. They're going to be getting some underwear. We'll get their reviews on them. And a lucky listener will be getting a pair of man-made underwear. Because they are sponsoring. Well, they, they wanted to give underwear to someone. I said, well, why give someone to the best email of the week? Because we get you to send our emails. You can have the man-made for boomsies email of the week. I, I'm like, do you ever get excited when you've tried something and you put someone else onto that thing? You get excited knowing what they're going to experience. That's the feeling I have for Z Money and producer Tim. Do you guys wear underwear? No response. Here's producer Tim's response. Okay. Okay. Yeah, stop, stop that. They go gotchless. Producer Tim just lets it all hang out. I also had a, came to a realization I ate a lot of cereal. I think we've probably eaten more cereal during the pandemic than we ever have in our lifetimes because what else are you going to do? Kellogg's, the, uh, the, the shelves are bare. They had a strike and then one of their plants burned down. Hopefully everyone's okay, but there's no Kellogg's on the shelves. Frosted Flakes, you're out of luck. Even if there was Frosted Flakes, can someone invent a new cereal? Please. I'm tired of all the cereal. But I want something like that's sugary, that tastes like it should be bad for you, but not all sugar, with a good crunch, because you need a good crunch. And don't let it go soggy in milk. I tried the, uh, the chocolate Cheerios. They go soggy too quick. Soggy cereal. No good. So if someone can invent a new cereal, send that to me, please. Um, there's my um again. 
I'm missing about 47 sheets here. There we go. There's the, there's the, konnichiwa. I wanted to describe my Monday. It was a roller coaster. I need to wet my whistle. By the way, do you, why do people wet the whistle? Because if you have a wet whistle, then it's so, you got a soggy whistle. I want to dry my whistle. So wet your whistle, that term, you're done. New term, dry my whistle. So yeah, I posted it on my social media, my uh, Instagram story. How Sunday night, I don't know if there's an algorithm or some robots or something, but I got three messages from people all around the same time in the darkness of the night. They slipped in under the radar. One said, uh, oh, you, how's it being a washed up sports reporter? I'm like, yeah, pretty good. At least I'm washed. Another said, oh, how does it feel to be canceled by three networks? Good luck with the fourth. And I wanted to correct this gentleman. I've only worked for two networks. And I currently don't work for one. So he's incorrect on his stats. And if he means by canceled, does he mean fired? Because at Fox, our contract ran out. We got offered a contract back in our home country. We left at the cho- the chance. And then I was let go. Someone said I was laid off, not fired. There's a big difference. I'm like, is there? So I was canceled, if you want to call it canceled, by one network. So he was wrong. I'm at one. I've been canceled by one. And I don't work at one now, but if I cancel by this one, I really effed up because it's from my house. So I would have to cancel myself. Like to be in on that job review. So Dan, uh, how do you think you performed? (laughs) I don't know. I took out all the ums. Didn't I do good, boss? You're fired. You're done. Also, I have a motor update. I have a car that I was told it needs a new motor. I took it to another mechanic. Get that second opinion. He's like, yeah, you need a new motor. <laughs> you need a new motor. I'm like, but I, I still have two years worth of payments on that car. He's like, uh, well, sorry for your luck, boss. Someone sent me a message. They said, Dan, here's what you do. Pull it up to a dealership. Don't let them look under the hood. Don't let them start it. Get their money and run. So. So if anyone has an option for a car that needs a new motor, the motor, I got it down to $22,000. Started at thirty. dollars The new mechanic's like, no, we can get you on for $22,000. So I'd be sinking another twenty two dollars in a car that's already got $200,000. Someone come up with an option for me. Horse and buggy? Sure. And then that same day, so I, I have the, the messages on social media, and I'm like, people say, uh, ignore the haters. But I'm like, 
I can't do that because then it's in the back of your head. You're like, nope, but you saw it. So I just put it out there. So I use it as therapy. I say, okay, well, why, why would you send this to someone? People are like, they hate themselves. I'm like, okay, but if I just try to ignore it, then I sit on it and I'm like, you're sitting on a grenade and it's still going to go off. And if it doesn't go off, you're still thinking about the grenade that you're sitting on. So I'm like, I guess I jump off the grenade. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a good team player. Anyway, so that's why I put it out there. So I, I deal with the motor. I deal with that. And then I, uh, I sent a, uh, an email to my lawyer. It was like a review. It was like a movie review, but for his legal services. I pointed out a few things, and then he's like, uh, I quit. <laughs> I didn't know. He, well, I guess you can quit any job, but he's like, uh, I'm done. So that was my day. Dealing with the, the comments again. I know, I know. Don't let the haters get to you. Whatever. I look at it. I can't ignore it. I can't pretend I didn't see it. Dealt with the motor and dealt with the the lawyer who go, bye-bye. Lawyer says, hey, pay me my money and me go away. I'm like, how about other way around? So I was thinking I should go buy a lottery ticket. But I got into the headspace where I'm like, if I buy a lottery ticket, the way this day's going... The lottery corporation will come to me and say, you owe the money to the winner. I'm like, but I didn't, like, you didn't read the fine print. You owe them. Don't let the little things get you down. They all add up. Don't let them get you down. NHL All-Star Weekend was this past weekend. Didn't watch a second of it. I've never watched any of it. I never will. As one commenter saw said on, on one of the uh, the skills competition things, is this marketed towards adults? Because they did a hangover scene, in which I'm like, okay, I know they're trying to be entertaining, but while they're drawing this up, is some adult saying, "Ha ha ha! Yes, you did it." So my idea is. Have a kid's network do the entire All-Star Weekend because it's for the kids. Have Nickelodeon do it. Have Treehouse. Have TV Ontario. I don't know if they still do kids programming, but TikTok. Get the TikTokers to do it. That's my suggestion because right now, it's garbage. I was talking to Z Money before the podcast And way back when, it was in the 90s, the All-Star Game, the baseball All-Star Game, came to Toronto. So they have a fan fest. And I'm like, the fan fest is what it's all about. But obviously, only a small percentage can make it to the All-Star Game and and see the fan fest and see all the exhibits and stuff. So yeah, you have to widen the umbrella to try to get everyone involved. But how do you make a fan fest experience for the fans at home? So I remember going to it. I went with my parents. I begged them, begged them, because I'm a huge Blue Jays fan. I said, I want to go. And they said, okay. So we pull up to the Metro Toronto Convention Center, park the car, 
hop on an elevator, and we walked right into the convention center. No one checked our tickets. We had no tickets. So my dad's like, just keep walking. <laughs> Perfect. So we got free Fan Fest. And I didn't want to leave. As a kid, that is the all-star experience. Just seeing all the stuff, seeing all the jerseys, the mask, and that is what All-Star Weekend's all about. And free entry made us all winners. Winners. That's where I used to buy my underwear. Everyone does it. I'm not ashamed because you're like, oh, yeah, these uh, Hugo Burse underwear. I'm sure there was just a typo when they spelt them out, but 10 bucks, I'll take them. And then you get them home. You're like, maybe after 37 washes, it won't feel like I'm wearing jeans underneath my jeans, but it was a good deal. Winners. I'm sure it'll come out in the wash. A few months ago, my sister sent me a text. She said, do you shop at North Oshawa Winners? I said, no. She said, dude said you snubbed him there. I said, my brother doesn't snub anyone and doesn't shop there. (laughs) So some guys, I would have been probably in that store maybe 15 years ago, getting underwear. Not anymore because I got my man maids on. I got my man maids holding my junk. So if I was in the store 15 years ago and someone recognized me, no one knew who I was then. So I would have probably hugged the guy, not snubbed him. So that guy is false. And never in my life has someone to this day come up to me and said, hey, Dan, I say, yo, f*** yourself. That's never happened. Because as I tell people, if someone comes, I was running through an airport in Jamaica once. Everyone was waiting. The family was waiting to fly back. And I'm like, I'll go get us food. I get a phone call. They're like, "Uh, our flight's boarding. I'm like, it wasn't supposed to be boarding for two hours. They're like, but everyone's here. So we're taking off. I'm like, what the, what airline is this? Everyone's here. Let's go. So I'm running through with my bag of Dairy Queen food. And some guy's like, hey, Dan, can I get a photo? I stopped to take a freaking photo while running to catch a plane. Because in my mind, if I say no to that one person, then he goes and tells everyone, that Dan O'Toole, yeah, he's a real dick. Yeah, I was at Winners once. O'Toole tried on some Hugo Burst underwear. (laughs) I don't... (laughs) I don't try on the underwear. (laughs) So he's trying on the underwear, and I'm like, hey, can I get a picture? And he's like, no. So that guy carried that around for 15 years and it didn't happen. I know, don't let these things bother you, but hey, they do. Our guest today, by the way, is Ephraim Salam. Used to work with him at Fox. Great dude, played in the Super Bowl. We will do a Super Bowl preview with him. Before we get to that, we're going to get to the uh, the listener email. And I wanted to briefly discuss one year ago today. One year ago on the taping of this podcast, we tape it on Tuesdays, put it out Wednesdays. 
One year ago today, I woke up at my buddy's house after the Super Bowl and had a big gash on my head and didn't know how I got into that where I was sleeping. I should tell you a few days prior. So I got fired on a Wednesday. Super Bowl was on a Sunday. So once my kids got picked up uh, on their usual schedule on Thursday, it was it was game on. I was like, uh, okay, so I've got no job. Ron, please, please. I'm kind of telling a big story here. So it was game on. And I I uh, had a little smoke. Well, a lot to, to smoke, a lot to drink. And that, uh, that Thursday bled into the Friday. Or sorry, Friday went into Saturday. And my friends and family, they saw what was happening. They didn't say anything. They're, they're like, okay, let's just make sure this guy's safe. Onright, Jay Onright actually came out to my house. He's like, where are you? I'm like, right now I'm wandering around in the woods, which... I think back and I'm like, that sounds crazy, but I was out of my mind. So he's like, uh, I'm coming out to hang. I'm like, perfect. So Jay and I had a grand old afternoon. We FaceTimed old friends and laughed our asses off. We st- <laughs> I still laugh to this day. So I have this old record player that uh, it's like one of those old cabinet ones that you'd see at your grandparents. You lift up the big lid, you put the, the music on. Looks great. So I'm playing music. I'm like, so how's it sound? Because Jay's a big audiophile. He's got like a dedicated room to listen to records. He's like, sounds like garbage, but looks great. <laughs> so whenever I put a record on on, on that record player, I think of Jay. Uh, so yeah, he hung out and then he passed the baton. He, another friend came when he left uh, just because they were there just to watch me, make sure like, I was safe. So went to the Super Bowl the next day at my buddy's house during the game. That's why last weekend I said, I think the weekend was good, but I don't remember much because of the overindulgence. Again, my friends at my uh, buddy's house, they just made sure they kept an eye on me. And then... uh, Yeah, Jay had his first show that night. I was crying along with him when he was giving his big emotional message. I sent out a tweet saying, hey, watch his show, which I still tell everyone, watch his show. Uh, He didn't fire me. He didn't lay me off. So I guess firing, you get fired for like you did something. But I was laid off because they said it was a business decision. That's the difference, I'm told. Either way, you don't have a job, whether you're fired or laid off. You don't have a job. You're done. So, yeah. um, Fell asleep at my buddy's house, and then I woke up, and I said, okay, uh, this has to stop. I had my pity party from Wednesday to Monday morning, and I reached out to friends and family. I said, "Um, I need help. And... They, well, I made it four podcasts without crying. (laughs) 
they leapt into action. My cousin Eric drove from Ottawa, picked me up. Friends and family found a rehab facility. They got me in there. We uh, came and cleared all the booze and weed out of my house. Uh, Eric and I drove to my mom's house. I'm like, Mom, this is my last drink. It's going to be a good one because I had a lot of good bourbon. She's like, but I don't do shots. I'm like, you're doing it. I didn't say that. I'm like, Mom, it's my last drink. Let's make it a memorable one. So we did a shot and then uh, went to my uh, cousin Eric's house in Ottawa. And then he drove me to the rehab facility on the Wednesday. So one year on February 9th, I will be uh, one year sober. So it was a decision I had to make. Friends have reached out to me. They, They said, Dan, you had the balls to do it. You, a lot of people don't have the courage to say they have a problem, but uh, I did. And if I didn't make that decision, I would not be sitting here right now. I would just be walking around a ball of rage and you would not want to be around me. Friends that I haven't seen for a year, they see me now and they're like, Dan, you're just like, you're a different person. I said, yeah, because... I appreciate life. I appreciate what I have, and I didn't let it all get away, which would have happened if I didn't make that change. So for all my friends and family that uh, have supported me, uh, I've posted messages at six months and said, hey, I made changes. And, and people that are in the program, they know. They, they read between the lines. They're like, hey, man, same thing. Isn't it great? And I say, yes. Best conversation I had was with a friend of a friend on the way into rehab. He's like, I've got someone for you to talk to. Because I said, oh, why am I doing this? Life's not going to be fun. He got on the... He got on the phone with me. And I said, oh, man, like going to Vegas and going out with friends, it's not going to be fun. He goes, Dan... That's where you're completely wrong. You're about to enjoy life like you've never enjoyed life since you've been alive. And I think of that every single day. And I'm like, man, he was right. And I text him all the time. I'm like, (laughs) you were so bang on. And the reason I tell this story is if I can help one person, you don't need to go to a rehab. You don't have to. You just need to make the commitment and have their people there to support you. The support community is something you've never experienced, even in team sports, even with your family. The people in the recovery community that you will find are the greatest humans and you've got the biggest cheering squad you'll ever have in your life. Every day they check in on you and you might have thoughts like, oh, why am I doing this? Like if you have a bad day, like Monday, but the thought of like smoking a joint or going to get a bottle of wine doesn't even cross my mind because you you learn tools. Like you play the tape forward. What the hell would a glass of wine fix? Nothing. 
So it's just changing your mindset. So, yeah, that's one year. Hey, I made it through pretty good without crying that much through that. So if you think you need help, reach out to people. Reach out. And one year, it's all, we just live day to day. So if you're joining, you're like, oh, well, I'm at seven days. That's awesome. Seven days is going to quickly go into six months, then a year. And you won't even think about days anymore. You're just like, wow, I didn't know it'd be like this. And it's awesome. Let's get to these uh, these emails. I'm going to fly through these, uh, and then we can get to Ephraim. Okay. I need a better filing system. We'll get to that next week. Again, one of these will be the Man Made for Boomsies email of the week. This from Joel. I found a quote of yours from 2011 that I still laugh at every time I come across it. The top shelf, a place where Keebler elves only dream of reaching. Yes, guy. Love that one. Wacy Rabbit was the title of this email. Fantastic interview with Wacy. Consider me an elite prospects convert now, too. You're done, Hockey DB. Talked about Hockey DB. That's where I always found my stats. Elite prospects. Wacy put us onto that. This one, hey, Toolsy. Suggestion number one. You should have a brief history of the CFL. I don't think we're going to do that. CFL, great league. I'm not going to go into that. History of it. Suggestion number two, famous Canadians from small towns. Well, we'll have them all on this podcast. Suggestion number three, weird things in Canadian towns. 98% of the people, all male, listen, listening to this podcast, they listen. So I don't know how seeing the, the giant nickel in, in Sudbury would come across on an audio only, mainly audio, although you might be watching on video. And then they say the, there's the giant Toonie and Echo Bay. So I don't think we'll be doing that. Thanks for the suggestion, though. Other people suggested, hey, Dan, here's some guests you should have for your dream guests. I'm like, well, it's my dream guest, not yours. So you can send suggestions. Just don't say who shall my dream guest should be because I've got my own dream guests. Uh, this is from Aaron. Love the new pod. You mentioned maple syrup as your go-to secret ingredient for your homemade lattes. As a fellow coffee lover and proud owner of the first, my first latte machine, I need the details. Maple syrup first before or after the espresso shot? How much? Or do you just infuse with the milk before frothing? I need it. I push a button, and then I put milk in, then I put the maple syrup. So I've just got a great machine. Tim Hortons. I know the machine. It's not that expensive. I'll hook you up. Dan O'Toole's signature lattes. From Andrew, just saw a commercial for Boomsies on Sportsnet. Is this the Twilight Zone? Anyways, does producer Tim still crush a ton of darts? Tim? Okay. The audio feed's gone down. Um... Dan, Paul in Corona, Ontario, not to be confused with the beer Corona, loved the show, found you on City TV, and now hooked. 
Great show on Real, just what people need these days. Our house is a boomsies house now, and my wife Kelly thinks I may have a bit of a bromance. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Paul. I got a bromance with you too. Carl, pets have played out in the media a lot these last two years. You mentioned your cat, Ron, on your intro to the podcast. You should talk about your cat. Well, Ron made a previous appearance. I should tell you uh, what's happened with the cats here before we get to Ephraim Salon. Uh, in July, we got uh, another uh, cat named Fred. Uh, after one week, Fred died. Had distemper or something, took it to the vet. They're like, yeah, this is not looking good. Then poor little Fred died in my arms. And then Ron's sister, Ginny, a month after that, she's, I'm like, Ginny doesn't look right. Took her to the vet. They're like, yeah, she's done. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, liver failure. So Ginny's gone. And then in September, Ron got hit by a car. I'm. It was a nice warm evening. I have the back door open. All I hear, I'm sitting on my couch. I hear, Dan? I hear a woman's voice. Dan? And I'm like, oh, this could be anything. I don't want to know what this is about. I'm looking for places to hide. And then my daughter Ruby goes out, and it was Lynn and Dan, my next door neighbors. Uh, they're like, or sorry, Lee, Lee and Dan, and the other Dan across the street was holding Ron. They're like, Ron got hit by a car. I'm like, what the hell? And Ron's like, Ugh. he's like blood coming out of his mouth. I, I set him down. He like one leg's broken. I'm like, oh man, what the hell is going on here? Taking him to the vet. So they do the x-rays, they come back, they're like, he's fine. I'm like, but he's got blood coming from his mouth and his one leg doesn't work. They're like, yeah, that's just nerve damage. You'll be fine. It still costs $600 for them, for them to tell me he was fine. So took Ron home and he was fine. The leg works again. Ron's back, baby. And then we got a, a kitten named Rory. Rory's still alive. And then another cat named Remy. Yeah, they're all ours. So we've got Ron, Remy, and Rory. That's your cat update. Ron. Yeah. And he's just surly now. He's only three. He looks like he's 58. He's like, you can go f*** yourself. I was hit by a car. This uh, email from Austin. What are the top three fast food places to get coffee from? I don't drink regular coffee, so I don't buy them there. So I don't know who. Thanks for the email, though. Hey, Mr. Toolsy. I've enjoyed your podcast very much. The royal family here miss listening to your soothing podcast voice. It sounds like you're doing well. Luckily for you, your day's just gotten better. I would like to inform you that it has come to my attention that you're a long-lost relative of the royal family here in Winnipeg. All you need to do is send me your SIN number and credit card information, and I will personally send you the large inheritance. Sincerely, the Prince of Winnipeg. That sounds legit. So the Prince of Winnipeg, you're getting some undies. That is the email man-made. For boomsies, man-made, Canadian, underwear, 
These are washed. Don't worry. These are not dirty. Dirty. I think I already mentioned that. And our last email. Really enjoyed the pod this week uh, with Wacy Rabbit. Outstanding. Great mix of interest and fun and serious. We'll avoid the Tim's latte. Sorry, Tim's. Now, Circle K. That's a solid machine latte. Very little robot flavor. Cheers, James. Okay, Circle K. Circle K has taken over this country. We used to have Max Milk and Beckers everywhere. Now it's just Circle K. Max Milk. You're done. All right. That's the viewer email. Ephraim Salam. Former NFLer. Now, well, he's going to explain what he's doing now. Ephraim, everyone. Ephraim! What's happening, man? What's going on, buddy? How you doing? Oh, man. Look at you. Just beautiful. Look at you. Just beautiful. Ephraim, you're one of the, the few people I've met in life where as soon as I see you, I smile. <laughs> I feel the same way about you. I feel the same uh, way about you. How you doing, man? Are you Benjamin Buttoning? You're, <laughs> I'm trying. You're de-aging. <laughs> I'm trying to. What's going on? You look 20 years younger. Uh, well, I mean, hey, you know, I yeah, I just, uh, I'm just, these kids is what it is. The kids got me running around like a maniac, so I can't help but at least appear to be young. And you're a big movie producer now? Movie producer. Uh, I also uh, write. I'm a TV writer. Really? And, and I'm uh, I'm one of the writers who had took on the challenge of rebooting uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You're involved in that. Yes. And it's going to be dark, right? Yeah, it's going it's going to tap into uh, the other side, not so much the comedic side, but the dramatic side of what really happens when you snatch a kid from home and, and, and put him in a place where he doesn't feel comfortable. Oh, so like shades of the wire. Uh, not that dark, but <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, buddy. Did yeah, you always uh, want to get into TV and film on the, the, uh, the production no, side and the writing side? Not really. It just, once I start doing the movies and we start producing films and when scripts would come in or when we'd have ideas, it was always, I was always adding and taking things away and trying to improve the project. And then from there, I had all these ideas in my mind and my, my wife got actually tired of uh, listening to them. <laughs> so uh, she got me a, a screenwriting course. And from then on, it just, I just started putting it on paper. Okay. Have you met Will Smith? Uh, I have met Will Smith. And nice guy? Yeah, very nice guy. Okay. So you're also, give me, uh, cause I, uh, I'm always looking for things to, to watch on Netflix and all the streaming services. Give me uh, all your movies we should be watching. Uh, you should watch the, uh, the intruder, the intruder. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's that you one should, about an intruder? That is, that, it's a, actually, we filmed it in Vancouver. Really beautiful city, isn't it? Beautiful. Be yeah. Very long days in the summer. Very long. Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't get night till about 1030. <laughs> That wreaks havoc on production. I can tell you that. <laughs> okay. Oh, because you need uh, night scenes. Yeah. Yes, we do need night scenes, and we you only have like three hours to get all of the night scenes. Okay. Uh, so we got but, the intruder. Okay. We got the intruder. Uh, we have uh, Fatal. Fatal. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one shot in Toronto. 
Los Angeles. Los Angeles, okay. Yeah, uh, with uh, Hillary Swank. She was amazing. Uh, we also have uh, Black and Blue. Black and Blue? Yeah. Where, where was we, that shot? We shot that in New Orleans. Ooh. You're just seeing the country. You're seeing all of North America and getting paid to do it. <laughs> that's how you, That's how you're supposed <laughs> to do it, man. <laughs> Okay, so we got three so far. Which is your favorite of the Intruder, Fatal, and Black and Blue? Um, Fatal was good because okay. it it was a, it's a it's an homage to uh, the throwback thrillers, mm-hmm. uh, like um, uh, what is it? Uh, a fa- um, um, Fatal Attraction. Okay. One of those type of thrillers where somebody does something and then it's just like, oh, she crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I, I didn't sign up for this, right? But it, yeah. was, it was those late '80s, early '90s thrillers. So we we had like a, boiling, a, but no boiled bunnies or anything. No, no, no. But it's it's it gets it gets pretty. It goes there, you know. It goes it, there. Okay, it goes there. And and then whenever you can work with someone like the incomparable Hillary Swank, it, it was just amazing. She was just everything. So you got. Intruder, Fatal, Black and Blue. Any more movies? Um, we did. We also did a small comedy. Uh, we did two of them. It's called Meet the Blacks, and we. Oh yeah, did, that was big. Yeah, we did Meet the Blacks too. So, you know, the people were asking for a sequel, and we gave them a sequel. Oh, that's awesome, buddy! And we're supposed to be talking football, and here we are. We've now got our movie picks. I try I to do everything, to, man. I can't I wait to dive into those. Uh hey the uh, the Super Bowl it's in your city. It is. So it is. what are what are peak Uber rates going to be all oh. week long? Oh it, it, it's going to be out of control. Yeah. You might you it, you might as well just rent a helicopter. Yeah because it's not a stadium where you can just walk to. No no, you can't walk to and most people won't be staying anywhere near the stadium because they put it in Inglewood, <laughs> uh, a city I grew up in. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, has been gentrified, but it's still Inglewood. Just to throw that out there for anyone uh, planning on coming down, to let, you might not want to stay <laughs> in that area. Right. Okay. Just I'm just, just a little hopeful hint from old Uncle E from here. How is the stadium? Have you been to it? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's uh, something out of a uh, science fiction movie. Right. It's like the ship that everybody's running to. Uh, when the earth is, is about to be destroyed and everybody's <laughs> trying to, to to get on the uh, Elysium or, or, or the SoFi ship uh, yeah. to, to take us to our new settlement. Um, is it going to be the greatest halftime show in Super Bowl history? Oh, I would. I would think so. The only I mean, right now, the greatest halftime show in Super Bowl history, do you know what that is? It's only Prince? one, of course. Prince, I mean, yeah. I mean, when you're doing Purple Rain, and it starts to rain, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you. Yeah. I don't know how you beat that. Um, so it 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 it, ha- it has the potential to to being right up there, right next to to uh, that performance by Prince. Because when the the beat first drops and you know no one's lip syncing of all the performers, none of them are going to be lip syncing. No. As soon as the first musical note drops, like look out, it's going to be crazy. Oh, it's going to be crazy. 
What do you I, got planned? I, I almost wanted to go just for the halftime show. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Are you going to the game? I know it's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still in the we're still in the pandemic. It's too many people. I'm sorry. I, I won't yeah, be part of it. You got that right. Uh, I wanted to talk to you a bunch of things. Uh, we'll get back to the Super Bowl in a second, but I wanted to talk to you about your career because I found a stat. Did you know this stat? You're the fourth rookie in NFL history to start all 19 games, including the Super Bowl, and the youngest to ever start a Super Bowl at 22? I did know that. It is me. <laughs> you should wear a chain that just says no. that. <laughs> no. Look, man. Um, so you did play in a Super Bowl your I, first I, season. Yeah, I started. Um, it was it was, a, it was a dream come true. Yeah. And um, the thing. What the heck was that? Oh, my goodness. Uh, the, the thing with me was when I was in college, I went to San Diego State. And the year before I played in the Super Bowl, I started in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was in San Diego. And so I remember standing out on my balcony in my apartment and seeing the fireworks at the stadium that was right down the road. And I was thinking I'm preparing myself for the draft and, 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 and hoping I'll I'll be able to play in the NFL. And I was thinking to myself, will I ever be able to play in the Super Bowl? I remember that vividly. 365 days later, I'm running out in the Super Bowl in the starting lineup. And it was just, it was almost failed because it was so surreal. So it was like an out of body experience because one year earlier, I was just a kid hoping and praying just to get to the NFL. So on the first play that you're in, in the Super Bowl, they talk about having to tell guys, okay, don't get too amped up. Don't do anything yeah. crazy. But how do you contain yourself? Because as you said, it's like an out-of-body experience. So you've got every nerve at the height of its nerveness going crazy in your body and you're on the field. You're like, what is happening? How do you control it's, that? Uh, it's hard to control. And that's why you see a lot of young teams. And I guess we were young at, at that time. Uh, we were playing the Denver Broncos. They had been to the Super Bowl the year prior. That Super Bowl, I was telling you, I was watching. Uh, they were actually playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So we're playing a team with a bunch of veterans who had just been there. And, you know, they were cool, calm, and collective. And we were just, you know, trying to figure out how not to shoot ourselves in the foot, which we end up doing anyway. So. And you played in John Elway's final game. Yes, this one's for John. That's what that's the one we did. You made him retire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy. <laughs> well, he won. Yeah, he won. Happy. He got the MVP. <laughs> so you must have think you must have thought, oh man, this is so easy. One yes. year in, I'm gonna go to the Super Bowl we'll every be back year. Next year. We'll be yeah. back next year. Never ever even <laughs> came close. Not even <laughs> almost. Twelve years later, twelve years later, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. 159 no. games played in the NFL. Your body after a game. <laughs> Describe how that is, because that's why you only play one game a week. Yes. Can you get out of bed the next day? It's, as I got older when I was young, yeah. As I got older, like once I got into like year five, six, seven, and had been starting all those years, it became increasingly more difficult. Once you get to year 10, you can forget about it. Yeah, your body normally your body, and I'll tell you what the, the 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 regular season schedule is. Of course, you play on Sunday. Monday you come in, you have film study, watch the game, and you do a little workout. 
uh, get the blood flowing. Tuesday is the day off. That's just uh, what it is in the NFL. Every Tuesday, players have a day off. Wednesday, hard practice. Thursday, hard practice. Friday, light practice. Saturday, walk through and travel. Uh, and then Sunday, the game. So as you are in your early years, you're ready to go Wednesday. Right? You're ready. You, you amp back up. You're ready to go. After year five, six, seven, you're not ready to go until Friday. After year 10, Saturday, you'd be like, oh, I think I can think I might be able to play tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like it, it just yeah. your body, because you've accumulated so much trauma. Um, you know, a lot of those years I wouldn't practice if I was having something that was nagging a knee, a hip, or a back. I wouldn't practice during the week and just do the walkthrough or a light practice Friday walkthrough and then play on, on Sundays because you just, your body just can't take it. And, and it's and different for you because yeah. you, you have a collision every single play as an offensive tackle. As an, as an offensive lineman, if I'm not touching someone every play, then I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. So that's 65, 70 plays a game on top of, all of the plays you do in practice because there's no way to really simulate the games for us. Like receivers running back, they don't have to be tackled and you just tap them. But for us, it's physical contact all the time. So you take that into account. And over the years, all of that banging and grinding and grabbing, and it, it, it just wears on your, your body. And how's your body now? How's it holding oh, up? It's, 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 it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Thank God for the Peloton. I can tell you that. I don't. I don't know if there's one of your. They're one of your sponsors, but the, you know the. No, Peloton, they're welcome. Uh, the, the Peloton has saved. Oh, saved the me. Peloton is getting bad publicity though, because I guess there's been two shows where someone has died on a Peloton. Well, yeah, I think the uh, you know, Sex in the City did it, and then someone else did it. I, well, ooh, well, I the treadmill, right? I don't know. Some Peloton device. Yeah, I think it's the treadmill. If they just scrapped that and just did bikes, I think they'd be okay. Um, <laughs> but the Peloton has, has saved me because I can't take the wear and tear. Um, uh, I used to play basketball all the time. My doctor was like, hey, just don't don't ever do that again. Just yeah. He's trying to get me at least into my mid-50s before he has to replace both of my knees. Oh, is that is that on the radar? Oh, it's on the radar. Hey. He's Sorry, trying buddy. to get me at least cl as close to 60 as possible because there's a shelf life for, for the replacement. So he's he's like, we don't want to do it too early because you have to do it again when you're older and nobody, you don't want to do that. So Do you get them both done at the same time or one at a time? Uh, I mean, I would like to do one at a time, I guess, because I don't want to just be hobbling around. I get a little moped thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm praying for your knees, buddy. Oh, thank you. Okay. I want you to go through the cities you played in and tell me, uh, tell me about living in first off Atlanta. Did you like it? I loved Atlanta. Atlanta in the nineties was just a different, a different animal, especially if you're single. Yeah. I was very much so. <laughs> uh, and it was like the strip club capital of, of, of the country. Uh, especially for, uh African Americans, it was out of control. Okay. So Atlanta, high in your list. I, I, don't Good know food. What type of, I don't know what type of show this is, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, kids are listening too, but you, you can keep it PG. 
Uh, so it was it, fun. It, it was a I, fun I, was time fun. to be I alive. I had a ball. The food was great. The hospitality was great. Um, it, it was it was it was tremendous. It was a great way to start my career, especially winning and going to the Super Bowl. We kind of did the city just embraced us, and it was we were, we were like real live rock stars. Denver, Denver was beautiful. Hard to catch your breath. Uh, at first, yes. Uh, the altitude there in Denver is a real thing. Um, when we when I left from Atlanta to Denver, it was just it's completely opposite. And it was the thing that Denver had that I hold a, a close place in my heart are the fans. You want to talk about diehard? The mm-hmm. Denver Bronco fans are diehard fans, and I really I've always appreciated them, and 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 them appreciating us, and 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 realizing how hard it was, and, and them always showing up and showing out. Jacksonville, our guest last week is a hockey player. He played in Jacksonville, loved it because of course, if you're a Canadian, you get to go to the beach during hockey season. How did you like as a football player? Yeah, no. Yeah. Jacksonville's not my favorite because yeah, Jacksonville gets a bad rap from a lot of people. Yeah, it does. It's the largest city in the, in, in, in the country landmass wise, but there's really nothing to do there. Like it's, I don't even consider it Florida. I consider it like Southern South Georgia. Okay. It's, it's it's more that than it is Florida. When you think about Orlando and Miami and Palm beach and all of these, you know, glamorous places. And then you get Jacksonville and it's just like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, that's Jacksonville slogan. Jacksonville. Right. Wait, what? What? <laughs> uh, so, and, and, and on top yeah. of that, it was the wrong type of offense for the player I was. So it was just, it was a, it was a bunch of things that just didn't have that high on uh, places to go back to. Okay. How about Houston? Loved it. Loved Houston. Um, Out of all of those places, Houston is the only place I actually bought a house because I enjoyed it and housing prices were, were, I mean, Texas is recession proof anyway. Um, But it was, it was great. It was a great city enough to do. Uh, You know, I was married at the time. So my wife enjoyed being in the city uh, just great hospital. It was, it was really nice and hot as hell. Yeah, it was hot. It was hot, but I mean, I was in Jacksonville, so different kind of heat in Houston though. right? It is. It is a different type of heat in, in Jacksonville. It was very humid, which made it worse. Uh, Houston is humid, but not as much as, as Jacksonville. It, it was just hot in both places. I can tell you, especially during training camp. Yeah. It's uh Houston's one of those hot days in the summer, like a three shower day. Yes. You need to shower yeah. off. Go to the mailbox, shower time. <laughs> right? Go to the grocery and, store, shower time. And then you ended in Detroit. You ended in Detroit. I did end in Detroit. Um, oof, I'll tell you this. This was in 2008. The recession hit. Detroit got hit hard. And that's when I knew that I should probably go do something else. Detroit, Detroit did that to me. Detroit was like, hey, do you really want to still play football, Ethan? So it it just it I mean, it was depressing, man. Yeah, like, they've they've like, really rebounded though. I don't know if you've been there in the last like uh three, four years. I have not. It is like a little New York. It's only like a three, four block stretch. Yeah, it is a gorgeous. Little New York in, in, yeah, right in, down by the baseball stadium. Yep. I tell you, 
Well, I tell you, when I was there, they were blowing up buildings downtown uh, to do the re the remake of uh, Red Dawn, and like literally blowing up buildings in downtown proper Detroit. Oh yeah, you're allowed to do that there. Most of the buildings were condemned anyway because of yeah. the recession. So they've rebuilt a lot, and uh, it's coming back kind of. But still, you you rent one of those little moped, like those little lime things, and if you go too far, you turn around quickly. <laughs> okay. Uh wanted to get your take on the the Brian Flores news. Yes. Uh suing the NFL, suing the Giants, suing the Broncos, suing the Dolphins over um alleged racist hiring practices for coaches and GMs. Your thoughts on what's going on it, heading into the Super Bowl, the NFL deals with this news. I I you know what? I I really um it's a shame that we even are still talking about this, mm -hmm. but just looking at it just from the sheer numbers of diversity and you'd start at the top down, there are no African-American owners. There are very, very few African-American GMs and one African-American coach. 70% of the players are African-American. So when you look at the history of the NFL and African-Americans, you can see a pattern. It wasn't that long ago they didn't think African-Americans could play quarterback. They didn't think they had the leadership qualities to lead a team to the Super Bowl and, and, and win. Thank you, Doug Williams, for the uh, Washington football team, back then the Redskins. They didn't think African-Americans be head coaches and win championships. You had a host of, 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 of those who've done that, uh, most notably when uh, Tony Dungy and Herm Edwards uh, faced off against each other uh, in Miami in the Super Bowl. So I just, I, I think, you, you know, just the history and the things that have transpired, the owners are old I don't want to say old because I don't want to be disparaging, but 75, 80 year old white billionaires that participated in other companies that they've built from the ground up and amassed this wealth and which had no diversity. So why would, I mean, this is just what they, what, what they know, right? They build their companies the way they want to build them. They'll build their teams the way they want to build them. And if you feel comfortable with building it with people that look like you or that you have things in common with, then that's what you'll do. And that's what we're, that's what we see happening in the NFL and, and for Brian Flores to come out and, and pretty much sacrifice the thing he loves to do and the things he wants to do. And in terms of being an NFL head coach, I commend him for it because that's the only way that the world is going to pay attention. That's the right. NFL have haphazardly paid attention uh, because of the Rooney rule that they implemented because the hiring practices were non-existent. They were, you African-American coordinators couldn't even get jobs. They couldn't even get interviews. So the Rooney rule came in, in the place where they said any team having a vacancy at any of the coaching positions, including head coach had to uh, at least interview minorities for the job. What happens now is there's a lot of placation going on and it happened in the Brian, Brian Flores case because 
the New York Giants met with Brian Dayball, who they liked, and then uh, Bill Belichick somehow found out that he was going to be the next head coach and accidentally or intentionally uh, congratulated Brian Flores three days prior to his his interview. Mm-hmm. So now the problem is I'm still going on the interview and you already offered the job to someone else. Now you're just doing it to pacify me and placate me with no intentions of hiring. And that's insulting. It was insulting to him. It's been insulting to so many uh, African-American would-be head coaches throughout the history of of the league. And just to have 32 teams and and one African-American head coach, it's, it's just a travesty. Yeah. Uh, how do you think it gets settled? Do you think they settle at a court or, or Flores? Because he says he's not doing this for the money. No, no. He's doing it because change needs to happen. Yeah. And, and it does need to happen. And unless you go to the extremes, in some cases, change won't happen. Mm-hmm. Look throughout history in terms of how has changed change happened, especially in this country. It's... It takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, and and it's it's still it's it's still happening. Yeah, it's still happening as we speak. Mm -hmm. So you know, I stand with with Brian Flores and hopefully other coaches, uh, other GMs and players will stand with him as well. Okay, well said, my friend. Okay, before we get you get you out of here, wanted to do some Super Bowl prop bets. Will the MVP award go to a quarterback? Yes. Okay, that's usually how it goes. Yes. Will a player correctly call the opening coin toss? No. What will the opening coin toss result be? Tails. Tails never fails. Yeah. That's what they say. Either team, will they be shut out? No. No. Any field goal or point after attempt to hit the uprights or crossbar? No. No. Not with these two kickers. And the total is 48 and a half. Are we going over that or under that? Over. Over. Okay, good. Because all I take is the over. It's the only bet I take because you're cheering for both teams. Yeah. You want everybody You want everybody to, to score, score, score. Yeah. Now, Ephraim, before I let you go, I have to, to bring up one of the funniest moments. Because you and I, when we worked together at Fox, we were at a photo which I, shoot. Which I loved. <laughs> we, we had a photo shoot. This is before <laughs> this... The station, the station went on air, so we're we're all there. We got uh, we got uh, Donna McNabb, Carissa Thompson, myself, Jay Onright, Gary Payton, Andy Roddick, and yourself. Yeah. So we all line up, and they say, "Okay, everyone, get in there except you, Ephraim." They said, "We'll put you in later." And what did you say? You said, "But I'm here right now," and here's here's the photo. And they put you in after, even though you were in the room. The funny thing is, like, it looks like we're all there. Yeah. yeah I was not I was not standing with you guys. I was standing alone, and they just yes. superimposed me. Did you think at that moment, you're like, well, I'm not even going to be on this show. This is, I was like, well, this is the, we call this in football, the writings on the wall. <laughs> all right? Goodness. <laughs> I laugh about that, and you just... But but I'm here right now. But just imagine I'm looking at you guys take the group <laughs> yes. photo. Like I'm standing next to the photographer, watching you guys take the group photo. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's this is uh, we were on the uh, New York Post uh, for Super Bowl week. Yes, yes, we were. That what a time! time. What a, a time, time to be alive. That was a good time. Oh, Ephraim, I cry whenever I oh, just thinking back to that moment. Oh boy! Well, it's been fun catching up. Man, we've got I, movies I, to watch. We've got our bets to make. Yeah, I think we we solved a lot of things here. I think we did. The world will be a better place after this. And you called it. Maybe will be the greatest halftime show of all time. Only one to beat. Only one to beat. Enjoy, buddy. My man. Ephraim. Love that guy. I should tell you, I watched two of those movies last night. I watched Fatale with Hilary Swank. Loved it. Edge of your seat thriller. And I also watched The Intruder. The main character is the same guy in both. And I said to Ephraim, next time you cast him, put him in a beach movie. This guy needs a stressless movie. He's like, well, we've actually got him in the reboot of uh, Fresh Prince. So I hope he finds love or something. So Ephraim hitting it out of the park with those movies. I didn't give my Super Bowl pick, but Ephraim said it's going to be over 48 and a half. So Dan O'Toole, savvy gambler. I'm taking the Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl 56 over, over 48 and a half. And when I used to work at, uh, what the hell was the name of that place? I did highlights there. Uh, what is the place that fired? No, laid me off. I forget the name of it. Whatever. I When I used to work at that place, I used to make Super Bowl chili. Write this down. You fry an onion. You brown a pound of turkey or your ground beef. You put in your chili powder. I got uh, two tablespoons going in there. You got your cumin, special ingredient. You got a tablespoon of that. You got sugar going in. That's two tablespoons brown sugar. And then you load in a can of diced tomatoes, a big one. A can of kidney beans, a can of baked beans. That's about it. You put some uh, some pepper in there. I used to put in bacon, but the problem is, no matter how much you cook the bacon, it goes soggy in the chili, so it's no good. No bueno. And then you get some hot sauce in there. You get yourself some chili. It's high-protein chili. Go with the turkey. It tastes amazing. My daughters are vegetarian, so I'm going to try the the fake meat chili this year. See how that goes. So there's your uh, great cup chili. Make sure you have some sour cream with it and some fresh grated cheese and a nice baguette. You're all set up for a Super Bowl. Enjoy the game. Be nice to one another. If you're thinking a comment to send someone, don't. Instead of sending a comment, 
go out on the street and say something nice to someone or do something nice for someone. And if you're at Winners, don't try on the underwear. Get yourself some Mad Maid. It's Canadian and it doesn't feel like you're wearing overalls underneath your pants. We'll see you next week. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies.